welcome to 10,000 Foot View Podcast, where you can find tools, ideas, and insights from some of the best performers from the field of business, art, sports, entertainment, coaching, neuroscience, and much more. That will give you the perspective you need to break through and unlock the next level in your mindset, creativity, business, and life. This is Monjyoti, the host of this podcast. I have an obsession for deep transformation. And I'm on a mission to help professionals and individuals unlock their true potential in life and business in a way that maximizes their overall sense of aliveness. Welcome to 10,000 Foot View Podcast. We have with us Elisa Di Napoli. She's the best-selling author of the book, online course, and podcast, Dare to be Seen, which helps artists command the stage, magnify their presence, and defeat stage nerves so they can share their gifts with their audience and shine their light on the world. She's an artist, coach, hypnotherapist, and multi-instrumentalist singer-songwriter. She also helps artists who need to find a way forward, get their project going, or figure out how to turn their creative, artistic, or performance skills into a new venture. Under the moniker is Elisa Volps. She has produced 12 albums with a focus on inner transformation through sometimes dark and atmospheric, sometimes comedic storytelling. She has been featured on radio, podcasts, blogs, and online magazines. Elisa, welcome to the show. Well, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much uh, for your time. And I'm so excited that you're here because we have a common interest, which is music. Yes. <laughs> I've been a performer for so many times and I've tried to uh, you know, find a connection between performance and personal development and growth in other aspects. I mean, I've tried to bridge different professions because I believe that all of those things stems from the same underlying source and all of them are arts in the of different kinds you know and they have the same fundamental principles but i would like to know more about that from you from your perspective so when you talk about performance do you mean as an artist or any anybody on stage i would say not just anybody on stage but any time that you put out yourself out there um, and risk, uh, well, basically put yourself out there and to be seen by others and risk possibly judgment from them, um, you are performing, right? That I wouldn't put the judgment as, as the focus, of course, but, you know, if you suffer from nerves, that would probably be your focus. So any, any person who is um, basically uh, gives of themselves, shares, a message to a public, it doesn't matter how big the public or how small the public may be, well, that's a performance. So right. it's a pretty broad, yes. a pretty broad term. Yes, yes. And that includes people who are trying to be seen on social media, who are trying to put out stuff on social media, or, or something might be holding them back. So are the principles of, you know, being seen and performing same there well yes because when you perform you are seen 
right. uh, whether you are actually showing your authentic self or whether you're not, that's mm -hmm. a different matter. But people are there right. to look at you and 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 to get something out of it, hopefully. And uh, mm -hmm. and and it's an exchange of energy as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. what, what I mean by that is that you know, basically, however you are, however you feel, the audience is going to pick it up, and they're going to feel that the same thing. Right. So, yeah. So when you are performing, say that you are very nervous, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're giving a speech. Maybe you are a musician. Maybe mm -hmm. you're an actor. Doesn't matter. Maybe you're giving a, a presentation. Doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing this, if you say feel really, really nervous, well, the audience is gonna pick up the attention, and that's what they're gonna feel. And if you're having a lot of fun, the audience is gonna pick that up. And that's how they're going to feel. So really, you're just um, a, a channel for the audience to experience certain feelings. And if you're a musician, for example, what you're trying to express is uh, the feeling of the song or the story of the song. But if you are in the way because you are feeling super self-conscious and they're worrying about what they're thinking and all of that, then there's no space for the song anymore. And that's what they're going to feel. Your awkwardness, your nerve, you know, your nervous disposition, your fear. That's that's the uh the problem, so to speak. Hmm, hmm, hmm. So it requires a degree of selflessness and tuning into the message or the expression that you're focusing on and giving it to your audience or whoever you're privileged to serve. Is that right? I mean, does the nervousness yeah. come from uh, excessive focus on self and your... Well, so so the nervousness to a degree is totally normal mm. because it makes evolutionary sense, right? Like yeah. uh, basically we used to, you know, live in tribes and, and even now like being, uh, being mm. um, excluded is mm. a, a huge threat for us as social animals. So our brain hasn't really completely you know hasn't really gone over uh, overcome this we yes. have evolved but we haven't evolved out of this so mm -hmm. the fear of exclusion that comes from basically rejection mm -hmm. that comes from judgment is mm -hmm. absolutely normal but mm -hmm. when it becomes overwhelming and it actually stops you from mm -hmm. doing what you want to do that's when the problem occurs so to answer your question, yes, it comes from fo excess focus on self and excess uh, fear of judgment. Right, right. I mean, being overwhelmed because of that fear is probably something that used to serve us in, in the history of humankind, right? When we used to love in the live in the jungles because we needed to feel overwhelmed for a real threat. So probably it was given to us for a reason because we needed that toolkit sort of act. Well, yes, a survival yes. situation, but it's not serving us anymore. Well, no, I mean back in the day, like if you were actually extra exercised and and excluded from the tribe, you would die on your own. You wouldn't be able to survive. Hmm. So that's that's why it's so scary for us. But now, you know, we don't actually die if we're isolated. Obviously, it's not something that anyone will want. You know, no one, uh, uh, people will suffer if they're isolated or rejected. But the thing is that we have our tribes now, you know, we can actually 
you know, there might be someone that doesn't like what we do, but there's always going to be someone that likes what we do. But anyway, the point is that you're focusing on yourself and what you have to share. And it comes also from this self-esteem, you know, this idea that you're good enough. It doesn't matter what other people think, but you think that you're enough. And so mm. here we come to like a problem because sometimes this excessive fear is, um, you know, is influenced by past trauma, is influenced by what has happened to you, mm. where, for example, you might have been rejected uh, or you might have felt rejected, even, even though you might have not actually been rejected at some point in your life. Mm. And that trauma will inform that fear, will make it worse. Right. Fear of not being enough. And uh, I think it was Tony Robbins who said that uh, the biggest fear that is underneath all of these issues that we all have is fear of not being enough. And underneath that fear is the fear of not being loved. Mm -hmm. I mean, our nervous system craves love to, to, to a massive degree. And I think that's like the underlying fear, I think, in most occasions. Uh, do do you agree with that? Yes, I would agree with that. I mean, if you think about babies, right? Babies that I don't, I don't remember what the the study was, what it was called, but and there was a study where they saw that basically babies that are fed, they are uh, taken care of, but they're not held, mm. they they are going to die it, because without love, there is no um survival really because as humans we we require a lot of support for many 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 years and that support is only going to happen if someone loves us hmm. yeah so that's uh i guess that's my way of looking at it yeah no that's that's essentially the same thing that's how we how much we need love uh, because it, it it leads in failure to try failure to survive without that and our nervous system is primed to that. I mean, nature has given us. So naturally, that plays out uh, in unconscious ways throughout our lives. Interesting. Indeed. Uh, so um, there is a surprising secret that you have to eliminate stage fright and feel confident when performing. Can you share that? Yes, absolutely. So... Basically, um, there's a way to prevent and diffuse panic before and during a performance in about five minutes. Um, basically, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to have to explain a little bit because before I can tell you what it is, because I wanted to make for, for your audience to actually understand why this works. Um, so as we talked about, fear is this survival mechanism that has kept us alive for a millennia, right? Uh, back in, you know, imagine a gazelle and a lion, you know, the gazelle sees the lion starts running away from the lion. Uh, how so? Because there's a, the amygdala, the alarm center of our brain that basically is saying there is a threat. You could die. You don't have time to think about it. Either fight or uh, flee or pretend to be dead. That's the fight or flight or freeze response. Okay. Now, the thing is... Um, What's happening with that? Another thing that's happening while this is um, while this response is taking place is that you have yes stress hormones like uh, cortisol, adrenaline being pumped in the body. Uh, you have all your energy kind of coming to the heart to make you uh, ready to run away, and also 
there is um, there are inhibitory uh, signals uh, sent to the prefrontal cortex, which is the executive analytical part of the brain that is uh, also responsible for nuanced thinking. And so this basically means that uh, you're becoming incapable of thinking in nuanced ways. So it's all very black and white, life or death. And, and so then what's happening is that um, we, we we, if we are not doing anything, like say that there is no actual threat, so the audience is obviously not a real threat. But if you think that the audience is a threat for all the reasons that we already mentioned, what's happening is that you're not, you can't fight an audience, you can't run away from the audience, you can't just pretend to be dead. I mean, some people have just, you know, have frozen on stage and forgotten all that they're supposed to do. But the, the point here is that we need to basically stop the amygdala from um thinking that the audience is a threat but also we need to stop the whole alarm uh fight or flight or freeze response so that's the first thing you need to do now how do we do that right so the uh sympathetic nervous system is the system that is uh on when the amygdala is uh thinking that there's a there's a threat like such as the audience and there's also a parasympathetic nervous system that's responsible for, uh, for, for example, falling asleep or relaxing, right? Now, these two systems are like a double switch. They do not, they cannot be switched on at the same time. So mm -hmm. if one is switched on, the other switched off. So the mm -hmm. easiest way to switch off the sympathetic nervous system is to switch on the other one. And we can do this in two different ways. Now, the most important way, um, I mean, these two ways are related to basically tricking the amygdala into thinking, right, there was a threat, but now the threat is gone. How do we do that? Well, if you think about it, if there was a real lion out there that was trying to attack us, we would either run away or fight it. We would actually engage in aerobic exercise. So... What we need to do is engage in aerobic exercise. That's one thing, not, not the only thing, but it's the one thing that you can do. So this means anything that's gonna get your heart rate up. Maybe it's jumping jacks, maybe it's going up and down the stairs, maybe it's dancing, whatever it is, you gotta get that heart rate up because that's mimicking the response of, uh, uh, of what you would do after a threat is detected and then once you've done that, your body thinks, okay, right, we've done what we're supposed to do, now we can relax. Also, the adrenaline has got somewhere to go. All, you know, the blood flow is being used, uh, the cortisol is being used, and so we are mimicking that response. So that's one very important thing. Mm. Now, the other thing, um, oh, and just before I say what the other thing is, the reason why you need to do this first, before trying to talk yourself down, for example, saying, you know, I am okay, this mm -hmm. is going to be fun, whatever it is. That's not going to work if you if your amygdala is on and your sympathetic nervous system is on and you're in fight or flight mode. It's not going to work because of those inhibitory signals that I was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. right? Right. So then you're not going to be able to do that. So first you need to calm your body. So this is what you do with the, uh, with the aerobic exercise. And the other thing you can do, and this you can do before, before, or after, or either or, is diaphragmatic breathing, which people might know already about. And it's basically breathing in through the nose, 
uh, hold, you know, for the count of four, for example, holding it for the count of four and then breathing out for the count of eight or longer. The breathing out can be done through the mouth or through the nose, but the breathing in needs to be through the nose. And you got to do this in for five minutes because if you do it for less, you don't give enough time uh, to the body to actually calm down. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and you are supposed to do aerobic exercise and then the breathing. You yeah, that that would be the best if you if you can. That mm. would be the best. If you can't do that for whatever reason, then at least do the breathing. Right. Uh, what if you're in the middle of stage? You know, delivering. Right. If you're your... in the middle of stage uh, of, of of performance. What you can do, of course, uh, you can't do aerobic exercise or, or diaphragmatic breaths. But what you can do is, uh, and this is uh, this is very um, doable for speakers. For singers, is a little bit different, but for speakers um, or for say a musician that um, yeah, not not a singer, you can do the breathing. But this time, say you are talking. You breathe in, and as you're breathing out, you say one sentence per breath. So you're going quite slowly. You're going slower than you normally would, and also when you're in a panic, you tend to go faster. So you slow it all down, so you take a deep breath in. You then say whatever you have to say, one sentence. Then you take another deep breath in. Then you say the second sentence. And then again and again and so on and so forth. Or if you're going on the stage, the entrance to the stage is actually really important. Before you go on, you take a couple of deep breaths. I would suggest probably more would be better. Um, and then what you do is you breathe in, you breathe out as you walk onto the stage. Then you breathe in again, you take in the audience. As you breathe out, you look at everybody. Then you're breathing in again, and then you say whatever you, you need to say. So, you know, welcome everyone. This show is about X, Y, and Z. Mm. So it's taking that time, and it might feel weird the first time you do it because it's so unfamiliar, and you may feel that, oh, it's too slow. No, it's not. When you're slow, you also give the audience the opportunity to take you in right so it benefits everyone and people pay attention when someone slows down as well that's another trick that a lot of speakers probably already know wow yeah 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 i mean yeah many a time when we are nervous or anxious we try to fill up the pause with more words right we, we try to rush but that actually yeah. Yeah, it's a natural response, but that actually does not go well. We think it does, but it does not go well. You know, pause, pause works, but pause is also uncomfortable. You know, but yeah, I think it needs to be needs to be practiced. Yes, I remember many years ago, my first lecture, I was so nervous and I went like so fast it was ridiculous i don't know that anyone understood anything i said because it was just <laughs> too much <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done that so many times. Yeah. I'm speaking from experience. Thank you for listening to this episode of 10,000 Foot View Podcast. I want to congratulate you for honoring yourself by standing out and investing in your personal growth and taking this step towards your next breakthrough. I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Do check out the show notes on the description for the details of the show along with links and offers. It would mean a world to me if you could leave a review about this episode in Apple. Before I head off, I want to remind you that you are extremely special and you have gifts and talents that you can use to unleash your best version and you are just one perspective away from unlocking your next level. I believe in you. 